Jesus withdrew in a boat to a lonely place apart. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. As he went ashore, he saw a great throng, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a lonely place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, there is a saying from certain 12-step groups that I have found helpful, and it's a cute acronym that is meant to help people stop and recognize how they're feeling before they walk headlong into doing something destructive to themselves or to someone else. And it is HALT. And it stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. In theory, stopping to recognize that you're feeling one or more of those things is meant to diffuse your momentum as you run headlong into disaster. Well, I think that I would have to add two more to HALT, um, another H. I don't know. I can't do the letters. But I would add overheated, and I would also add jet lagged. And (laughs) there is especially a moment from three years ago that makes me want to add those two characteristics to that HALT uh, acronym. Well, um, in July 2011, on a hot summer day, I found myself in the back seat of an old car with non-existent air conditioning with three other adults, all of our luggage, and a car seat containing a tired two-year-old. My sister had picked me and my parents up at JFK Airport in New York City, and we were headed back home to Connecticut. Um, And we had just come from a study trip abroad, so we were tired. Um, My sister had not been able to get a babysitter, so she brought her son along. Normally, it would have only taken one hour to get from the airport back home, But, of course, on that day, there was a huge amount of traffic, and we ended up spending three hours in the car, sweating it out in bumper-to-bumper traffic. Um, The heat in the car definitely approached 95, 100 degrees, and every single one of the five available seats in the car was full. Um, And we were surrounded on all sides by other cars that barely inched forward. There was nowhere to go. And there was nothing to do but to wait. And so, of course, what happened was that my nephew started to struggle. My nephew is a lovely child and very strong-willed and very intelligent. And he did not understand, despite all his intelligence, why we were stranded there. And his squirming and his whining was the 
perfect external display of what my inner two-year-old was also feeling. As he was about to use his own rage to break free of the five-point harness, my sister called out from the front seat very calmly. She said, Trey, would you like a cookie? I marveled at her patience, her composure, her com- and then also her compassion in that very moment because all I could muster, the only thing I could muster for my lovely two-year-old nephew was irritation, frustration. I was like, um, And so I can't help but think about this when I look at our gospel for tonight because there we find Jesus once again with a crowd the crowd that followed him around Galilee, and the crowd is having a halt situation. Upon hearing of the death of his cousin and friend, John the Baptist, Jesus had been, um, he had set out. We find out that he had set out in a boat to get some alone time. He had crossed the Sea of Galilee, and then when he lands on the opposite shore, it turns out that this crowd had followed him They had figured out where he was going, and they had gone around on land to meet him when he comes ashore. And so Jesus, tired, lonely, and sad, he reaches out beyond himself at that moment. And he bears patiently with that crowd's interruption of his much-needed solitude. Matthew tells us that Jesus had compassion on the crowd And this word for compassion is literally a gut reaction of mercy. This kind of mercy, this emotional quality, this emotional characteristic in the Hebrew mindset, it was associated with the very bowels of one's being. And so Jesus is the only one in the New Testament about whom this verb is used. And he's the only one who uses this verb in his parables. Jesus has compassion As one commentator has said, what we see here from Jesus is not purely human pity, but it is divine compassion for troubled people. In another place in Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 9, that same verb is used of Jesus to tell us that upon seeing the crowds around him, Jesus had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. That crowd was harassed and helpless, and Jesus embodies the compassion that is characteristic of God himself. He engages the crowd, and he goes so far to heal the sick among them. And then, when his disciples come to him with their own perceived problem, what are we going to do with this hungry, unruly crowd now that it's the end of the day? Well, Jesus continues to have compassion on that crowd. They were harassed and helpless, but instead of sending them away to try to buy their own food with their own resources, Jesus commands his disciples to give them food. He says emphatically, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. I can just imagine the looks on the faces of the disciples who are now acutely feeling their own inadequacy. They are the ones who are here helpless as they are thrown into the deep end of ministry. Jesus has compassion on his disciples, too. 
Jesus takes the small lunch of a boy and he miraculously multiplies it, providing food for all 500 of the men along with the women and the children who went uncounted. And he involves graciously his disciples in the giving of this miracle. Jesus gives to them so that they would give to the crowd. Jesus has them distribute the food so that their faith would increase as they saw his miracle up close and personal. And so looking back on that fateful car ride three years ago, I had no resources of myself to be able to help that sweet, little, angry, hot, frustrated boy sitting next to me. Trey was harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd, but I also felt harassed and helpless, trapped in that hot, crowded car. We were both troubled people in need of compassion from outside ourselves. Like the disciples, I had nothing to offer, or next to nothing compared with the enormity of the problem that faced me. But I watched my sister break through. She broke through Trey's tantrum of panic and need with an offer far beyond his expectation. He didn't even know there were cookies in the car. (laughs) Trey, would you like a cookie? There's only one question. answer to that question, by the way, it is, of course. She was calm, patient, unfazed, cool, and compassionate, even in the midst of his dizzying misbehavior. Well, Jesus breaks through the whirlwind of emotions and unmet needs that we have swirling around us. We are troubled people. We, you and I, are in need of divine compassion every day of our lives. Stopping to notice is good, halt, but halting alone is not enough. We need someone from outside of us to have compassion upon us. And Jesus does just that. Jesus delights to work a miracle in our situations and in our hearts. He always does the things that are pleasing to God the Father, as he says in John chapter 8. And we see him here in Matthew 14, offering miraculous bread in a desolate place, just like Yahweh rained manna down upon his people Israel in the wilderness. Through Jesus, God miraculously feeds us spiritually and even physically. Through Jesus, God provides for us compassionately, by forgiving us, despite the rebellion of our inner two-year-old. Jesus is that true bread from heaven, the manna sent by God to graciously nourish his people. And because of Jesus' willingness to feed us with his own life, through faith in him, God miraculously changes our own hearts. God opens our minds, despite our disbelief, Despite our idolatry, God frees us, even when we're ungrateful or unforgiving of others or unfaithful. He reaches out to us. God delights in offering us grace in the wilderness of our lives. And so, as we read in the first lesson tonight from the prophet Isaiah, God invites us to come to the banquet table of Jesus the Messiah, He invites us to come and to eat and drink freely from what he provides, 
even though we have no money to pay our way ourselves. We are bankrupt of spiritual currency. But yet, the Holy Spirit calls out to us, inviting us to this banquet of provision and delight that God has spread for us in Jesus Christ. And so, accepting this invitation to come is as simple as answering that question that my sister asked my nephew. Trey, do you want a cookie? Let us pray. Well, Lord Jesus, we thank you for inviting us to receive from you and through you, even though we have no money to pay our way. Thank you for paying our way with your own death. And we ask now, give us that grace to receive from you in faith and then to turn around and offer ourselves to others even when we feel like we have nothing to give. And so we ask this in your holy name.